So this is the time when the leader shares their experience, strength, and hope for 15 to 20 minutes. And uh, is there a timer present? We have a timer on. I don't mind timing, Ollie. I'll time. All right, Jane. It's uh, great. You can give me a gentle heads up around uh, 15 minutes. At 15 minutes, that would be lovely. Thank you. So good morning, everyone. My name is Ali, a compulsible reader. Thank you, Becky, for uh, asking me to step up and uh, participate. And it's good to be here, 8.15 or whatever time it is on Saturday. I do want to welcome any newcomers who may not have or who may have shown up just a little bit later into the meeting so i want to dedicate this uh, talk to my uh, sponsor bob who passed away October 21st at about 10.30 a.m. His name is Bob L. Bob was my sponsor for 36 years. I was describing a sponsor to someone outside of the program and the way I described it is the way he taught me, which is uh, the role of a sponsor is to help guide the spiritual growth and uh, certainly what he did for 36 years. And uh, he died at the age of 98. And, uh, his mind and his eyes were sharp as ever. He'd never wore glasses, even at 98. But his body did give out and uh, he was ready, as he told me. He had fulfilled his purpose, he said, and he certainly did with me. So uh, whatever I do share is uh, his wisdom coming through me. And uh, and whatever I say that uh, doesn't quite sit well with you, it's my shortcomings, not his. So I um, came into this program then in uh, August of uh, 1984, I was 32 years old. And uh, 4.30 p.m. And that's when uh, I was struck abstinent and uh, been abstinent since uh, August 26, 1984. And 
it wasn't the first time I came into OA. I had come into OA a year before. And uh, I went to four meetings and didn't quite land. It, it, it made sense and it didn't make sense. The overwhelming feeling I had was, aha, I got it. I'm powerless over food. That was a truth I understood. But for some reason, the way the wire got connected in my brain was I could now go do it on my own. And that's kind of an interesting thing to think since I've been a compulsive reader binging and a high weight of 285 pounds. So I am a hundred pounder, having lost more than a hundred pounds. My best thinking was, aha, I got it. I got, I got the secret sauce. I can go and do this on my own. And I did. And, uh, gained a little bit more weight and binged uh, a lot more and became more miserable. And it was the second time, the August 26, 1984, 4.30 p.m., that one of the truths of this program came alive for me, which is over any given period of time, if you are a true compulsive reader, it gets worse, never better. So, and that's an empirical test, right? We can look back over the last 10 years of our own lives, five years of our own lives and answer the question, did it get worse? Has it gotten worse? And of course, worse, has a number of components to it. It's physically worse. Am I physically more devastated or pained or harmed either through binges or weight gain or unable to walk stairs or unable to move off the couch or blood sugar is high or heart rate irregular. But then there is also psycho-emotional pain. Even if I didn't gain weight, maybe I'm anorexic or maybe bulimic or maybe I'm just maintaining my weight. But the quality of my Emotional life has deteriorated over years. So has that gotten worse or better? And then there is that spiritual component of, has it, of the truth that the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous provides us, which is over any given period of time, it gets worse, never better. Our spiritual lives, do I feel like I'm wasting away as a human enterprise? Do I feel like I'm not filling anything purposeful, meaningful, contributing to life, my own and others? And so it's an empirical test. It isn't some philosophy. It's an empirical test. Has my life on all those three levels, spiritual, emotional, physical, gotten worse? 
If it's gotten better, then of course, we might want to stay here and see if we can even improve more. But if it hasn't, then, uh, then maybe we are compulsive readers. Maybe we have an addiction to food. And so that's what happened with me is uh, the second time around, uh, I had reached those beautiful, that beautiful phrase in the big book, pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. And uh, in Bill W, he talks about uh, the two foundations, uh, pain, pain, that pain is our great teacher, is our friend. And so, um, Rather than damning the pain, we can befriend it and recognize it as uh, the moment in which we can be reborn as a human enterprise. So that's what happened on uh, August 84. And when I came into the program at 4.30 p.m., it was a small program, I think four people for many, many, many years, it was all women. And in uh, that meeting was all women. And what I experienced was that I belonged, that it, it felt home, that as our reading today suggested is, uh, I was out of the debate society. I, I no longer needed to figure anything out that, that I knew I was out of solutions, but people in that meeting seemed to offer ideas and approaches to life that I, I had never been taught. So uh, I declared myself a member of Overeaters Anonymous on that first meeting. And uh, and everything that was told to me, I took on as a, as a truth. I literally got out of the debate society. And I was hungry for a new way of thinking. My own echo chamber, my own mind had not served me well. And so, uh, and, and, and I learned that my solutions had always been my problems, or my solutions had been my problems. So I, um, I was hungry. It was as if I was going to a university and learning from the greatest minds on the planet who had figured out a different way of walking through the details of my life. And it, became clear to me that I didn't know how to manage the details of my life. It wasn't the big questions. Who am I? What am I? Where am I going? It was the details of my life. How do I pay the bills? Do I pay the bills? Do I clean my house? Do I wash the dishes? Do I show up for my commitments? Do 
do I begin to say yes to life more often? And uh, how do I do that when I'm consumed by fear and anxiety and worry? What if? So uh, that's where it all starts. And uh, that's where it started for me. And then uh, when I connected with my sponsor, uh, he taught me how to pray, taught me how to read the big book, how to meditate. And uh, he taught me principles rather than personalities. So the principles uh, that, that a higher power, and that's the other thing, is that if, if, if we're spiritually, emotionally, mentally bankrupt and only physically bankrupt and only each person can answer that question for themselves, then uh, the question becomes what the big book answers, which is uh, step two, right? If as, if as an enterprise, I am uh, unable to navigate life on life's terms, then, uh, and work with food and work with people, places, and things, uh, then how do I navigate? How do I get through the day? And of course, uh, the second step, this power greater than ourselves comes in. And so my sponsor began to teach me how to connect with this higher power so I can uh, be in a relationship with a higher power. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's, a, that's a lifelong journey. So uh, one of the things um, that I learned in this uh, program is that um, it's a gentle program. That uh, it's a gentle program because my definition of a higher power, as taught by my sponsor, is uh, a loving higher power that doesn't judge or condemn, but, but is principled. It is a principle that uh, if uh, I do certain things, that this principle is like a science. It, it, it's, it's um, uh, if I do harm, the principle uh, that I experience is uh, self-condemnation and shame and guilt and anxiety. That if I act with kindness and generosity and forgiveness that that principle brings into my life uh, experiences of fulfillment and uh, peace and uh, and uh, ease and uh, and so and I've proven that to myself over 37 years, the years I've been abstinent. And uh, 15 minutes, Ollie. Thank you. Uh, um, Jane. That when I act uh, with uh, within the 
guidelines and principles of this program. And, and it, 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 it clarifies it. And you you, you kind of have to read the way it sprinkles itself throughout the big book. And that's the book I have been using for 37 years. Uh, um, it talks about patience. It talks about kindness. It talks about tolerance. Um, that if I use these principles, that my life is better. And um, so that's the journey. And, and in this journey, it anticipates that we're going to do, that we're going to falter. It, it, it is built into the DNA of 12-step programs that we are going to make mistakes daily and that we are going to do harm of some sort daily. And the proof of that is in the 10th step. The 10th step says, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong. And what ends up happening is that we begin, it begins with a macro sort of view of wrong. So, Stealing, that's a macro, it's very binary. You can tell, I stole, I lied, I cheated, whatever, whatever it is. But the longer we stay in program, that micro begins to, it begins to grow whiskers. You know how a cat has whiskers and those whiskers are able to pick up micro uh, movements. Same thing with the 10th step. Uh, that the longer you're in program or I'm in program, things like what kind of harm do we do one another grows whiskers. And what kind of harm do we do with one another? Well, there's physical harm, there's emotional harm, there's spiritual harm. Um, there are harms rooted in traces, trace harms, things like when you're in a grocery store at Mons and someone in front of you is going slowly to jam up against their physical space to help them move along. So you, go, you grow whiskers. You begin to notice how in the daily walk um, we can do more harm. That's so subtle. And uh, that those deserve attention as well. So what happens is that the heart grows. And as the heart grows, it notices more and more and more. So leaving a trace right, becomes part of the journey, right? when you send an email and that email is filled with anger and the harsh finger that sends that email to the other person, those are all traces. Where does that trace show up the most? In my body. I spend the days doing angry, resentful, 
And the big book suggests that I will do that every day. That there is no perfection. What it does say is I get to begin every day. Every day I get to begin again. And what a glorious thing that is. Every day I get to start again. And, uh, and that's how it was done for me the last uh, 37 years. Is, uh, and I've done a lot of harm in this program to myself and to others. I've been harsh, angry, resentful, um, self-righteous, prideful, overambitious. And I've done harm. 20 minutes, Sally. Thank you. And uh, so it's important to know that uh, it's life on life's terms and we get to begin again and again and again. And that's been my journey is beginning again and again. Thank you for inviting me to speak, Becky. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you everyone for being here and listening. And uh, we'll continue on the journey together beginning again.